Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. All right, 12th chapter of Romans. If we could stand and honor God's word. Verse number four. For as we are many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the prophet, the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, and he that ruleth with diligence. He that sheweth mercy with cheerfulness. <clears throat> let us pray. Father, how I thank you for um, our church, our church family, Lord, all that are here this morning. Lord, I just want to admit that I am not able to preach. Lord, I, I lay down all of my inadequacies, Lord, my um, inabilities to preach and pray that you would take over. Lord, likewise, Lord, the congregation that has come, Lord, they, they need you to help them to see what your word says. So right now I pray your Holy Spirit would move in among us and Lord, help me to be able to preach and help them to be able to listen, to receive from you, God, what you'd have us to, I pray in Jesus' name and amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> so... We're trying to move forward. That's what we said we were going to do. We're preparing for Brother Sonny to get here. And uh, this text uh, is often preached um, that we all need to work together. We all need to be in unity. And we often teach that uh, everybody has their own gifts. Uh, Kind of ironically, a few weeks back we took a break from Romans and we taught about gifts and, and callings and all of that. Uh, but we're going to look a little something a little differently this morning. Um, I want you guys to understand, Paul, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 and Romans 12 and in some different places, Paul makes much of the illustration of the body, the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ, right? Do, do we understand that, that we, we are? And, and I, I want to present to you this morning, this isn't a new thought, I just want to make sure we grasp it. This is literal. This is literally, it's not a figurative thing that that we don't really, it's a literal thing. So Jesus, God, came to this earth and lived in a physical body, right? He was 100% man, 100% God. He lived in a physical body. But Jesus was crucified and he went back to heaven, right? And then he sent his Holy Spirit to back to earth. But guess what? The Holy Spirit does not have flesh and blood, right? Well, is that exactly accurate? Because I'm looking at it. The body 
that is no longer here that Jesus inhabited that went back to heaven, he then had a plan to bring the Holy Spirit back to physical bodies because it, it's kind of mind-blowing. God does not have a physical representation on earth except for us. So very literally, we are the body of Christ. We are the hands, we are the feet, we are the mouth of, of God on the earth. And on Wednesday night, if you were here, we, we discussed, and, and the, the preacher said, he said, uh, kind of making fun a little bit, but he said, the, the all-important task of taking the gospel to the whole entire world, God's profound plan was to take man who's been a complete failure and give him that job. <laughs> Right, But isn't that what it is? Everything that we do, everything God wants to do, he does it through us. So He, the, to say that we are the body of Christ, I want you guys to get that. It's very literal. It's very literal. I, I, would, I would go as far as to say when you look down and see your hand, that should be the hand of God, what it does. When your feet do things where they go, it should be the feet of God. We are the body of Christ. So, uh, so I want you guys to, to grasp that as we go into uh, this message. And now we know this. Uh, I, I think we might have this down. You can do nothing. We got that? So here's my question. If you put a whole bunch of people together who can do nothing, now what can a whole bunch of people do? Nothing. <laughs> no, nothing changed, right? If you can't do anything by yourself, you put a whole bunch of us together who can't do anything, and we still can do nothing. So the, this morning's message is going to be a corporate message, going to be to all of us together. But I want us to understand that not only can we do nothing individually, but as a body of Christ, we can do nothing unless God en enables us to do it, right? <clears throat> so... There are no Bible-believing Christians. This is really, really important. I'm, not, I'm trying not to just ramble, but this is really important that you get this. Um, I, I know we're kind of grasping some, some big things here, so I want you to get this. There are no Bible-believing Christians anywhere that would, that would stand up and say, I do not believe in the Spirit of God. Right? There's, there don't matter denomination, don't matter who you are, what you are. You're, you're, if you believe in the Bible, you can't believe in the Bible and say, I don't believe in the Spirit. Am I right? You, you can't do that. But though that is true, how many of you know there's been a lot of confusion on the subject of the Holy Spirit? A lot of perversions, a lot of confusion, a lot of... Uh, um, just falsities uh, on the Holy Spirit. And I believe that because of that, all Bible-believing uh, Christians will say, will say they believe in the Spirit, uh, but, but, be, but they often are saying that with their lips, but they're not living that with their lives, right? In other words, you have to say you believe in the Spirit because the Bible says so, but you've heard so much confusion and so much perversion and so many things done that are not, uh, it's biblical that you kind of give lip service to the spirit, but you don't really um, you don't really live that way like the spirit's ruling life. So I'm going to challenge Sandhill Church. I know we've been hearing a lot. Me and Josh have said this over and over. I, I hope you guys uh, uh, believe us. Uh, we are not in any way working together, coordinating, talking to each other, or anything. And, and, and it is really kind of phenomenal how the how the the, the messages are just 
meshing together. That's not really by plan or design. It, it is just, it's just what God's doing right now. But it does seem that God is trying to get the Sand Hill Church to understand the Spirit. And we learned in Sunday school that some of us have been saved for 40 years. We still need to learn about the Spirit. We still need to learn, right? Now, I'm one of them, all right? So, all of that being said, I believe, and this is my desire this morning, I believe we need a clear biblical teaching on the Holy Spirit. And this morning, we're going to go really, really deep, super deep, but I'm going to do my very best to make it very simple. Because I want you to understand it. I can get up here and it can be really, really deep. And you say, wow, that was, that was amazing, but I didn't understand anything you said. Well, that didn't accomplish anything, okay? I want it to be simple enough for everybody here to understand it, but yet a, a very, very powerful, powerful thought. So I want to ask this question. Keep this in the back of your mind as we preach this message. What would it look like if the body was controlled by the Spirit? What would it look like to have a group of people that were the body of Christ and they were fully controlled by the Spirit? I'm going to say this lovingly. I don't think I've ever seen that. I, I've been exposed to just multitudes and multitudes of churches and pastors and people who have been in the church all my life. I don't think I've ever seen an entire congregation that was controlled by the Spirit. So before we go any farther in the message, before I say anything else, just right here, just stop, uh, wake up, think about it. How many of you would like to be the first church? How many of you would like to be the first church and say, wow, it's like the Spirit's controlling everybody there? And I think that is exciting. I think that is thrilling. But we've got to understand how that works. We've got, to, we've got to grasp what God is doing. So this morning we're going to try and lay that out for you as very best we can. Understanding that we are literally a body. Understanding that every member is part of the body. That we're all members one of another. That we ought to uh, be able to work together. Uh, and we can only do that by the Spirit. So trying to make this very, very biblical. I can stand up here and tell you what Gary thinks, what Baptists think. I can tell you all these things. That doesn't matter but what matters is what says the bible and that's where we get all the crazy teaching on the spirit is because it's not we're not going from the bible but in context i want us to to look at the role of the spirit <clears throat> the role of the spirit the spirit gives gifts We've preached on this many, many, many times. We spent a few weeks just not too long ago talking about the gifts. I'm not going to spend a lot of time with it. Other than to say this, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says, But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Now, the whole 12th chapter, a big part of the 12th chapter of, of 1 Corinthians is talking about the body and the, and the gifts and all that. And, and we didn't want to take time to go through and study all that. I mean, we preached on it before. But let me just say this here. Clearly, clearly, if you are a Christian, God has given you a gift. Clearly. It's just what the Bible says. And we talked about callings. So a gift is kind of that ability God gives you to do something. And then a calling is kind of where he puts your heart where he wants you to do what he wants you to do. And those two things work very much together. But the Holy Spirit gives gifts. 
<clears throat> Everyone is unique and is just what the body needs. I want you to think about that. We got those, you guys were kind enough to fill out those gift cards, uh, the, 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 your gifts and your callings, what you thought the Spirit was doing in you. Here's the interesting thing. There was no two of those cards that was exactly alike. Do you know why that, why that is? Because we're all unique. Our gifts, our callings are not, in other words, we don't have everybody that's exactly the same. And is it not uh, true that the gifting he gave you is what we need right here? Does that make sense to you guys? God gifted you and God called you to make you what we need here. So, so remember that the gifts come from the, from the Holy Spirit. So let's think about this. <clears throat> the Spirit places us in the body. I think this is so critically important. And, and, and again, I've preached on this many times. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. Literally, God not only gives you a gift, the Holy Spirit not only gives you a gift, but literally he puts you right where he wants you. Whether that be in any particular church, whether that be in a particular uh, duty in that church, the Holy Spirit places you right where you belong. This is very important. I want you to get this. Do you guys agree with me what I just said? Are you guys with me? The Holy Spirit gives you gifts and then he places you where he wants you. The world has a saying, um, and, 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 and I, think it, I think it applies here, stay in your own lane. Do you know what that means? There's only one Brother Terry. There's only one brother, Steve. There's only one sister, Bessie. Right? What I mean by that is, let me promise you, God did not give you Bessie's job. God did not give you Terry's job. He made one of you and gave you one particular gift and said, do that job. At Sand Hill Church, do this one job. So if Terry's doing a phenomenal job at what he's doing, why would I be jealous? Hey, my job. If he's getting lots of attention and praise and recognition, it ain't my job. I'm not supposed to be doing that. Does that make sense to anybody? Do you see how in church we sometimes we get, oh, you know, he got recognized, he did. Listen, everybody has a job to do. Stay in your own lane. It, how many of you know this? When you try to get out of your lane, it gets ugly. Anybody ever try to do a job you wasn't, wasn't called to do? You did, wasn't gifted to do? God didn't give it to you. You decided to do it. That's ugly. So stay in your own lane. We have, we have four preachers um, here. And, and I, I never had preachers before, ever. Uh, and all of a sudden, almost, you know the story, almost within a month or two of time, I had three, right? And, and, and I wondered really how that would work. But, but it's amazing how it has worked. But do you guys know, and now that we're a little ways down the road, I think it's becoming quite clear, but do you guys know that there's four lanes? There's four lanes. Do you know that what I am called to do, Miguel's not called to do? Do you know what Jacob is doing, Josh isn't supposed to be doing? And so if, if Jacob's ministry just explodes off the charts, why would either three of us say, why is he getting all the credit? It ain't my job. Listen, I love the kids. That's not my calling. That's not my, and I'm, and I'm not saying that funny. I, 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 I back Jamie and, and, and uh, Jacob 100%. I think it's phenomenal what they're doing. It's just that's not what I'm doing. 
And so if their, if their junior church grows to be bigger than our senior church, praise God. And I don't say, oh, that Jacob, he's getting all the attention around here. Does that make sense? Miguel's going out and, and, and he's got such a heart for evangelism to reach the lost and, 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 and just has a heart and a passion for that. If he begins to just, to just reach Sandusky and turn Sandusky over, we ought to all be saying, praise God. And Pastor Oz, you're doing is preaching on Sunday morning. No, no, this is my job. This is my job. It isn't about recognition. It isn't about who gets credit. It isn't about that. It is, we all have a lane. We stay in our lane. I can't do what Josh does. I think everybody knows that, but I can't do what Josh does. And, and, and I have, and, and it's a little bit helpful that he's my son, but if he wasn't my son, in all honesty, I could be really be jealous of him. He's so much smarter. People like him better than me. He's better, you know. And I'll say, but listen, that ain't my job. That ain't my job. You say he's a lot smarter than you. It doesn't matter. I wasn't called to do that. Does this make sense to anybody? Now, apply that to what you're doing. You sisters, if there's someone in the church, if there's a sister in the church who's doing more than you, that's their job. Do your job. Amen? And that's how we have, that's how we have a body that works. There, there's not room for uh, competition or jealousy or, or, or envy or any of that stuff. We just all stay in our lane and do what we're supposed to do. Not only does the, does the Spirit give us the gifts and not only does it place us in the body, but it also, it brings unity. And, and there's multitudes of scriptures in the Bible about unity. We've preached on it many times. <clears throat> Ephesians 4 and 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit, capital S, in the bond of peace. That whole chapter, as we know, as we had it for a theme, that whole chapter is about the church, how the New Testament church should function. It's really the primary chest, uh, chapter in all the Bible on how the church should function. And right in the middle of that, it says, uh, endeavor to keep the unity of the church. Now, I want to just stop here just for a second. Most of the time when this is preached on, we preach on the body, we preach on gifts, most of the time, a big chunk of the preaching will be, we need unity. The reason is, is most of the time, there's a lot of fighting going on in the church. I want to thank God right now. That's not what needs preached right now. Unless you guys are really, really good actors and really good liars, and I hope you're not good liars, and I hope you're not good actors, but you guys like each other. You guys get along. I, I, I kind of think I can say you guys love each other. Isn't it good to go to church where we love each other? Where everybody loves each other. We don't have little groups against little groups and little cliques against little cliques and little fighting and division and everything else. Listen, that does not belong in a church. And usually that's what you have to attack when you're preaching this. But I don't even have to mention it because it's not here. We love each other. And we're supposed to. But we do need unity. And we're going to get to that in a minute. <clears throat> now this is kindly important. Uh, the Spirit guides us. I want to really hit this hard, but I think that we give lip service to the Spirit guides, but do we really let the Spirit guide? <clears throat> Jesus himself said, and again, we could look up a multitude of scriptures, just trying to give you a reference that this is all biblical, uh, that we're getting this from the Bible. John chapter 16, verse 13, how be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will shew you things to come. 
Jesus said, when I go away, when my physical body goes away and the spirit comes, it's going to teach you the body of Christ. It's going to guide you in truth. That's important. Let's don't give it lip service. Let, let's understand how it works. We'll get to that in a minute. <clears throat> wouldn't it be phenomenal, I don't want to get this out of order, but wouldn't it be phenomenal if every single person here was led in the same direction? And that's what I really want to preach about this morning. But just think about how mind-boggling that is. I'm not talking about the pastor said it, so we have to do it. I'm not talking about leadership got together and made a decision and we're all going to do it whether we want to or not. I'm talking about in our hearts, we all know this is what God wants. And I'd like to argue this morning, that's what church is supposed to be. Church is supposed to be a body of believers coming together as one body, as this text says, all being different, but all being apart, and all of them hearing from the head the, the directions and doing what the head says. How many of you know I'm not the head? Okay? Jesus is the head, but the Bible says, but Jesus uses the Spirit to control the church. And, and so if we understand that, uh, uh, we really all should be getting the same direction. <clears throat> and lastly, and I think this is important, uh, the Spirit walks by our side. Uh, the, the Greek word for comforter, which Jesus uses in, uh, multiple times, is a uh, uh, Pericletus, it, it means literally to, to come alongside, to walk right beside of you, right? To, to be the one who's, who's your companion. Literally, that's what it means. It's, it's not all the things we've made out to be. So if you get this, there, from heaven, there was dispatched, and we're talking corporately this morning, well, there was dispatched the Spirit of God, which is God himself, just as much as the Father and the Son, came to this earth to walk beside of us every minute of every day, and he's going to guide us, he's going to give us unity, he's going to uh, place us in the body, and he's going to give us gifts. If you put all of that together... It starts to make sense what church is supposed to be. But, again, I don't think we always see that in church because we don't understand this, this subject. <clears throat> so, number two, every member is controlled by one head. That's slightly important. Now, I want to ask this question. The title of the, of the message this morning if you and I are literally, get that, not symbolically, literally the body of Christ, we are his flesh, we are his blood, going out to do his work. If that is true, if that is God's plan, if that is how he has determined to, to spread the gospel throughout the world, if that is his will to disciple the Christians, if that is his way to, to raise up children in the church, if that is God's plan is that we be his physical body here on earth, does it make sense that God would create a body that's coordinated? See, now... Some of us, maybe right here, me being one of them, may not completely understand coordination, right? Because some of us aren't real coordinated, right? But if you're really coordinated, if you're really athletic, what that means is my hand and my feet and my eyes and my mind, 
they all work seamlessly, perfectly together. When that ball comes, my feet and my hand and my arms and my mind and my eyes and everything just works like a machine, perfectly in alignment to do what it needs to do. How many of you think that God could create a body that does that? Coordinated. Coordinated. You know, over in in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he talks about the eye and the ear and and all the different body parts. And here he talks about we're all members one of another and and, and all of these things. Uh, But but here's the thing. He says that there's, Paul says this, there's not any important body parts and not important body parts. All the parts are needed and all the parts have to work with the other parts to make the body work. And I'm just thinking this, God did not create a freak. God created a body that works perfect when we do it his way. You say, Pastor, I've never seen it. Well, we ought to be the first then. The the perfect uh, body that just every member just does exactly what it's supposed to. You know, my hand needs my foot. My hand can't be a foot. My foot can't be a hand. But I found out when I got hurt, my hand is a lot less useful when you take away my legs. See, I need my legs. I'll kind of be dumb to say this. I feel kind of embarrassed to say this. But until I got hurt, I never realized how nice it was to have legs. I just I didn't realize how nice that was. I mean, it is really inconvenient when you can't walk. It's just, you know, and you don't think about it. Uh, but I got to realizing I've got two really strong arms. They're not doing me a whole lot of good. I can't even walk in the kitchen and get a glass of water, right? We need each other. And when, when, when my legs carry me to the kitchen and my hand gets me a glass of water and I drink that glass of water and my body enjoys that, it was a group effort. It was a group effort. That's what church is, people. That's what church is. It's a group effort. It's all of us being part of the body, following the Spirit, doing what the Spirit says. And and, and it just makes sense to me. God would not make something that doesn't work well. He would coordinate the body to where it works smoothly and seamlessly and exactly as it's supposed to. So how are we going to have everyone listening to one head? How are we going to uh, accomplish that? As we've been learning in Sunday school, as is is clearly the teaching all throughout the Bible, really Old Testament and New Testament, um, we have to stop the flesh. Right? I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. We've been a lot of talk about that. But just simply put, I just, I just want to make this real plain and straight. We're never going to be a spirit-led church with the flesh ruling. And I really think that's a whole lot of the problem with why we don't see this in church is because we give lip service to the spirit, but the flesh is still in control. <clears throat> Every, if everyone desperately depends on the spirit... I think that word desperately is important. So we've learned we can do nothing without the Spirit. If we would learn as a body, we can do nothing without the Spirit. That means anything we're going to do, we ought to be desperate and say, I can't do this unless the Spirit comes. And doing it in the flesh is extremely exhausting. It is, it is a, a terribly fruitless And it doesn't reflect God, and it doesn't bring Him glory. This is really what I want to preach about this morning. I'm going to try and explain it just a little better in a moment, but this is what I really want to preach on. Everyone would be getting the same orders. 
I want you to hold on to that. Everyone would be getting the same orders. As a body, we go to the Spirit for direction. Now, I've got in there not a consensus. So most churches, this is how it works. I, I was raised in church all my life. This is a bad, I know this is somewhat of a Baptist thing. Uh, and we just about have completely quit doing this here. I was always, when I first came as a pastor, I was told this is the way it was. There, there, it always just blew my mind as a, as a young person, especially growing up and reading the Bible. But in this church, uh, or, or in all Baptist churches that I knew, once the congregation came out and a majority of the congregation said, that's what I believe, that became the gospel. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Once it's in the minutes, and once the congregation has voted yes, that is the law. That's the law of the land. Here's the problem. If all of those members were voting in the flesh, that ruling wasn't from God. That ruling was from man. Oh, I, I, I shouldn't even bring this one up. How many of you have ever been a part of a pastoral election? <laughs> See, we, we, bring, we bring in a preacher, and, and, and this is again across the land, this is across the country, but you bring in a preacher, and then you say, what does the congregation want? Well, they sometimes they'll bring in different ones, and they'll interview them, and they'll have them preach, and whatever, and you like his style, and you like this, or you like this about him, or you got to be friends with him, you went to McDonald's, whatever the case may be, and then you come together, and whichever the most people say, I want him, he becomes a pastor. Problem with that is, if that's not what the Spirit's saying, then that man isn't really the pastor. Does anybody follow me? In other words, if it's a carnal group of people voting the pastor in, it wasn't the spirit that put the pastor in. And that's why we have so much trouble so often with preachers that are put in and they don't stay very long and there's all kinds of conflict and there's all kinds of issues. It's because um, they're, they're, not, they're not put in by the spirit. And so this isn't a majority rules. This is a spirit is running the church. I hope you guys understand what I'm saying. And so, if, ever, if you're catching everything that I said, and again, we don't have a unity problem here. We don't, we don't have a fighting problem here where we don't get along. We don't, we're not having that going on here at Sand Hill. But, but I want you to, we're talking next level. So I think it's amazing that we have all these people in this church and we all get along. I think that's amazing. I think that's phenomenal. I think that's, that's, that's commendable. You know what the next level is? Harmony. Harmony. Now, everybody knows I don't know a whole lot about music, right? But I get the general gist that whatever's going on up here needs to go together. Is that close enough? <laughs> Can you guys understand that language? If Josh, is, if Josh and Jenny and Renee and, and Rachel and CJ and, and Jamie and Amy, and they're all just on a totally different key, and a totally different, it, it sounds terrible. But you know, when everything is just perfect, it's almost like one person is singing a perfect song. The, the highs and the lows all come together and mesh and make a beautiful sound. Does anybody think that's what the church ought to be? All the goods, everything else just coming together in harmony and working together. Now, how many of you know that's absolutely impossible when you have people in the church? 
Is there any way you're going to ever get everybody in this church to all see things the same way? Absolute impossibility unless the Spirit takes control. Here's one thing I know. Here's one thing I've known since I was a little child. I've argued this over and over. Here's one thing I know. I know that I know that I know this. I know, no questions asked, the Holy Spirit is not going to tell Brother Kevin to do something and Brother Terry to do something and me to do something and Josh to do something and they're all different. That would make the Holy Spirit a liar. How many of you know that kind of messes up Christianity? Okay. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is always right and he's always the same. So one of us is not listening to the Holy Spirit. And that is the problem we have in church. Everybody, see, if, if we're trying to make a decision, me and Brother Kevin and Josh and Brother Terry, we ought to be able to pray until we all say, this is what God says, and it's the same answer. Has anybody ever seen that done? I don't know that I've ever seen that done, but that's what it ought to be. And the reason, I, I don't want to rabbit trail, but, but the reason that's not been the case is, is because the flesh slips back in and starts saying, well, this is what I think. By the time you, I, I thought this morning, I thought Brother Tom's going to take my message because I thought he so eloquently said it as, as is normally the way Tom says things. I thought he so eloquently said it in Sunday school. He, he said, we, we, we pray for the Spirit to lead, but then what I think <laughs> begins to take over. <laughs> Isn't that true? Lord, I want you to control my whole day. Whatever you want me to do, I'm, I'm yours. Just whatever you want me to do. And then I go through the day and then, oh, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to do. And then Josh said, sometimes when I'm thinking, I think it's God thinking, but it isn't God thinking. It's me thinking. Right? And that's where we have problems. So we have a leader, and we don't, praise God, we, we, have, we have the most awesome leadership in this church. I, I thank God for our, our, all of our elders. They, they, we get along great. There's never any conflict, never any, any friction, never any problem. I praise God for that. That's an awesome, awesome thing. But can I just tell you that all of us ought to be hearing from the same boss and having the same answer on everything that we do? And if we don't, one of us is not listening to God. It might be me, <laughs> but one of us is not listening to God. Do you guys agree with that? The, and, and it seems so simple. I'm up here saying, Gary, that's the most elementary thing. That's the most simple thing. Everybody should know that. But here's the thing. I've known thousands and thousands and thousands of Christians, and I'm not sure that any of them have ever got this before. <laughs> okay, Because we ought to all be hearing from the same thing. So learning the Spirit, number three, learning the Spirit. I believe we need to completely reprogram. Uh, we've been doing that a lot around here, it seems like, lately, but I think we need to completely reprogram. I, I don't want to offend you, but I do want to be clear. I think there are even some at this church who they think they're following the Spirit, but they're not following the Spirit. That sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it? I think there are some who think they know how to follow the Spirit, and they don't know how to follow the Spirit. I think we need to reprogram what it is to follow the Spirit. And, and I think that, I've said this so many times, but if we could just get rid of all of the teaching of the past and everything we've ever been seeing in church, and everything, for me, I am twisted and I am all messed up myself. Uh, but if we could put aside all those things and just go to the Bible, understand He gives the gifts, He places in the body, He brings unity, uh, He guides us and He walks along beside of us. If we just understand what the Bible says, uh, we, we could have a pretty easy understanding of, the, of the following the Spirit. <clears throat> if we want to learn the Spirit, this just sounds like a cliche. This just sounds like what you're supposed to say. It sounds like what the preachers are supposed to say. But listen, this is not a cliche. This is, this, is, this is a fundamental of following the Spirit. We're going to have to be humble. 
We've heard that so much that I think it's like water on ducks, but it just runs off. We don't pay attention to it. But just say this here. Exactly what Brother Tom said. Until you realize your thinking is the problem, you're never going to follow the Spirit. Because some of us think, my thinking is pretty good. I just need the Holy Spirit to help me a little bit. And we got this thing down. No, 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 no. Your thinking is the problem. All of your thinking is the problem. You have to get rid of all of your thinking and let the Spirit take over. That means you have to humble yourself down and say, God, I am thinking bad. I need you to think for me. That's a brand new way of thinking. And, and, I, and I think we need to not just do that in, in cliche or in lip service, but I think we need to practice that humility. A desperation. If you guys would grasp this, and I know only the Holy Spirit will help you, but if you guys will grasp this, we ought to leave out of here today and everything we do from this point on, we are scared to death to take one step without the Holy Spirit telling us what to do. Desperate. Desperate. We are desperate for God to come and show us what to do because we know the result of doing it without Him. Faith, now this is important, and I've learned this in my life. Again, we have to, we have to wash out some of the, the things we've thought before. Faith that he does and will speak. Was it Josh in Sunday school? Somebody in Sunday school said, the worst thing a preacher can ever, the pastor dreads and fears the most is for you to stand up and say, the Lord told me. We've seen it so many times it's like, oh, that's, it, it, that turns out terrible because often it's your thinking with a little bit of emotion mixed in with it. But, and then because of that, we sometimes want to think, I read my Bible and I'll think it through and I'll know how to run church. Well, guess what? You can read that Bible to your blue and you can think it out all you can and you're still never going to understand what God wants without the Spirit. So, Here's the question, people. In a Baptist church, do we believe that he still talks to us? Do you believe that? Do you believe God talks to you? Do you believe God talks to us? Because if not, you might as well break early for lunch because really the rest of the message isn't going to be any good. (laughs) If you don't believe God talks to us, uh, um, the rest of this doesn't matter. But if we believe God does talk to us, now this is kind of important. See, you can say, oh yes, God speaks. He, he, he does talk to us. I've been saved 40 years and three times he talked to me. But do you believe he will talk to you? There is a difference. One means occasionally upon a, once upon a time God can speak. The other means he's going to talk. Here's what Gary has had to wrestle with and, and, and get my thinking out and all my bad teaching and everything else. Here's what I've, had, I've got to talk about. This is mind-blowing. This, will, this just changes everything in our Christian life. I, I want everyone to wake up and look at me right now. This is very important for everybody to get this. Write it down big, plain, and straight. He wants to talk to you as much as you want to hear from him. Let's say it again. He wants to talk to you as much as you want to hear from him. 
See, we get down on our knees and we beg and we plead and we, oh, God, speak to me. Oh, God, show me what you want me to do. Oh, oh God, I need your direction. And sometimes it's because we won't get humble ourselves down and weren't desperate enough and won't let him come in and start with. But we think sometimes we're twisting his arm, trying to force him to speak to us when he's in heaven saying, I'm dying to talk to you if you just listen. See, he, this, this is God set this thing up. He's given us a body, the, the body of Christ, we're talking corporately. He's given us a body and he wants to lead the Sand Hill Church according to the Spirit of God. And he wants to lead everybody here according to the Spirit of God. And he's not up in heaven uh, being stingy. He says, I want to uh, pour out my guidance on all of you. If you will humble yourselves, become desperate, and let me talk, I will tell you what to do. Does anybody here believe that? And if you grasp anything I said, you should say, wow, that's mind-blowing. Because that means we can literally know, get this, we can literally know what we're supposed to do as a church. Not what a bunch of men got together in the back room and decided. Not what Josh planned up. Not what the deacons thought was a good idea. Not what sister so-and-so said it was a great thing, made her feel good. But we would know what God wants us to do. Now listen, this is, this is, I'm not really trying to be funny here, but how many of you know that's better than trial and error? Let's try this and see if it works. Nope, God didn't bless that. I guess that wasn't it. Let's try this and see if God blesses. And we just keep trying, shooting in the dark until God blesses something. That's not the great way to do things. How about if we just stop and say, God, show me what to do, and we'll do it. If we've never done it before, if we've never done it before, if it breaks tradition, when God speaks, we will do it. If it's uncomfortable and takes me to a place I don't want to go, we will do it. Got quiet right there, didn't I? <laughs> Got quiet right there, didn't I? We're talking about letting God run the church, letting the Holy Spirit take control. I think we have had some, I think there are some bad understandings of the Spirit, but I want to really make this clear, and, and I'm, 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 I hope you guys know, I love you guys, I, we're all learning this together, I'm not, I'm not trying to beat anybody up here or be ugly, but I, I want to make this clear enough so as you understand it. So I'm going to ask everybody to come up here and we're going to have a circle of prayer. And we're all going to gather hands. No, we're not doing that. I'm just using an example. I don't jump up. We're all going to join in a circle of prayer. And we're going to pray for camp. God, give us direction. Give us guidance. Show us what to do. And we're all joining the circle. And, oh, God, we need you. We can't do this without you. We need the Holy Spirit. we got to have... And we go out there and, oh, God's going to show us. That's kind of lip service. If we go in the back room and figure out what we're supposed to do. Is that not true? If we get up there, I've been saying this over and over, and I'm going to keep on saying it, I'm not going to stop saying it. If we get up there in the ministry building and we're trying to, like they had me last year, trying to tack down some material on a board with a thing and it won't cooperate and anything else, I need the Spirit then. Do you guys get this? Every step of the way, we need the Spirit. When we have the circle, that, hey God, we're listening, but when we start making plans, we better still be listening. 
And when we start carrying out those plans, we better be listening. And here's what I keep saying. Whenever we start fighting and getting ugly and upset with each other, we left the plan, people. We're not in the spirit. We're not following God. You done got in the flesh. Stop. Go pray and find the Holy Spirit. The, we got we got the preachers here. I think our, I'm really proud of our preachers. I really, really am. I'm proud of what God's doing in their lives. I can't even put it into words how hard it is to be a young preacher. Um, I, I have great sympathy for, for young preachers because it is it, it is an extremely difficult thing. But I want to say this to all the preachers, and, and this goes for the singers and and, and everything. And I, I think we've I think we've come a long ways as the church. But do you know how easy it is? to get down and pray. You know, about all of us preachers, before we start preaching, we, we pray, oh God, we need you to help us preach this message. Is that lip service or is that real? Is that lip service or is that real? Because sometimes what we do is we say, God, I need you to help me preach this message, uh, but I've studied this out and I know what needs to be said. <laughs> no. If I could just be real transparent this morning, I've been really trying to put this into action in my own life and, and it's, it's, it's been a, a challenge for me. Knowing that we had Brother Sonny coming, trying to figure out whether I should stay in Romans, whether I should go somewhere else, start a new series, what I should preach. And all week long, I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And I made up my mind, until the Spirit comes, I'm not going to figure out the message. If I could say this in the right way where you'll understand it, I can preach without the Holy Spirit. I know enough Bible. I could take this verse right here. I could outline it. I could exegese it. I could get all the points out of it. I could preach a very biblically accurate message. It's not the Spirit telling me to do it. Do you guys understand that? And you, you guys that are not preachers, I don't know if anybody can understand this, but to all of our preacher brothers, that's really easy to do. And sometimes that's why we fall flat on our face because we didn't beg God to spirit. So I had this thought on my mind all week long, and, I'm, and I, and I kind of thought that I need to preach on the body. And so I began to think, and I began to pray, because I know a lot of things. And I began to think all week long, and I thought, I got a good thought. And this will make a really good message. And this is what we're going to preach on. And I kept praying and praying and praying. But you see, I didn't feel the spirit in it. I just thought it was a really good idea. Like Tom said, there's something going on up here. It must be God, right? No, not necessarily. And I had begged God all week long, and I was out working yesterday, and you can do what you want to with it, but it was just like God said, here's the message. And I thought, this is what I thought, and I say this with reverence, and I'm not trying to be funny, but I thought that's so much better than what I thought up. Do you guys get it? Gary knows enough Bible to stand up here and tell you a Bible passage. Gary can think up things to say accurately about the Bible. But God has a message for the church. He wants the church to hear. And Gary can pray, oh, Holy Spirit, show me what to preach. And then I start studying the Bible and I run off on something I'm thinking and preach a message that is Gary. And here's the thing, guys, to all of our preachers. Like Brother Tom said, 
Sometimes you don't know you're doing it because you think it's God. I'm preaching the Bible. How can I be wrong? Because it wasn't a message the Spirit gave. <laughs> Is anybody with me on this? Everything we do, the Spirit leads. I don't think I finished my outline, but I feel like I'm done. If I didn't fill in all the blanks, I'm sorry. I feel like, I feel like it's time to quit. I want to say this very, very seriously to everybody here. I love you guys. I, I am beyond thankful to be the pastor of this church. I, I, I am beyond thankful what God is doing in this church. I believe that we are, I believe just great things are happening. I believe this is a next level thing we're coming to. A next level in the church of our spirituality. And we've been learning a lot of things individually. This morning we're trying to learn some things corporately. But I want to challenge our leadership. I want to challenge our preachers. I want to, I want to challenge every single person in this church. From this day forward, we don't go without the Spirit. Can, can, I, can I get any support on that? Yeah. We don't go any farther without the Spirit. When your ugliness starts showing up, stop and go back and find the Spirit. See, the Spirit of God never will tell me you should be rude to Bessie. The Spirit of God's not going to do that. The Spirit of God's not going to uh, tell me to be grouchy with Renee. The Spirit of God's not going to tell me to be hard to get along with. Me and Josh, those of you that are here all the time, me and Josh have very long fellowship together. <laughs> and we can spend three hours just going back and forth as hard as we can back and forth. Uh, what we've learned is um, most of the time we're saying the exact same thing. But we go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth and, and beat our heads against the wall and both of us just want to scream and it's just excruciating. And this is what my wife told me probably been a year ago. That is her son and her husband, by the way. And this is what my wife said. She says, it sounds like to me you both need to get down on your knees and talk to God and have him straighten you out. You know, that's true. That goes for everybody here. If the deacons aren't getting along, if I'm not getting along with the deacons, if I'm not getting along with the priest, if I'm not getting along with anybody, we can fight back and forth and argue. Well, listen, I can argue with the best of you. It doesn't accomplish anything. We need to get down on our knees, humble ourselves, and say, God, what do you want? I might be the only one here. I don't think I am. But Steve, I have strong opinions. I am hard-headed. I always think I'm right. Amen? I have to lay that down and let God have his way. That's how we have church. So, instead of letting the business meetings run the church, instead of letting the pastor run the church, instead of whatever, what if we let the Spirit run the church? Now, here's the strange thing. If we would learn to follow the Spirit, I, I know I didn't finish my line. I think it said something about, um, you know, the Spirit is always right. I think we ought to learn from that. When you stand up and say, God told you to do something or we should do something and it was a total failure, mark that down. That wasn't the Spirit of God. And I am learning in my life, there are things, there are things that happen when the Spirit is there. And there are things that happen 
when Gary thinks the Spirit's there. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? So if, if a bunch of us, so, so let, let's, just play this, let's just play this scenario. Starting today, say we're making a decision for the church, and 40% of us are really in tune with the Spirit, and we know what God wants. We got 60% that are not. But 40% are exactly on the same page. We continue to follow the Spirit and show that God is leading, and those other 60% start understanding, I wasn't, fo- I wasn't following the Spirit. I need to start following the Spirit. And then it's 50, and then it's 60, and then it's 70, and then it's 80. Am I, am I reaching for the stars to think that we could actually have a church here where everybody is following the Spirit? Am I, am I, is that just too much? Can you just imagine if we had an idea? And, and again, we don't really have any quarrels going on around here or anything. But when we come together, we've talked to God enough individually that when we come together, we're all on the same page. Does that sound, <laughs> what does that sound like? I tell you, that's coordination. That's the entire body working with the rest of the body and a perfect harmony where we're all going in the same direction. Let me ask you a couple of questions and we'll have the auto call. How many of you think that if we did that in this church, that when visitors came in, they would say, I want that? If you found a church where everybody was listening to the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God was running the church and great things were happening, I think if you were looking for God in the slightest way, you'd say, that's what I want. How many of you think that if the Holy Spirit starts running this entire church and everything we're doing, that we'll have to put a sign out front that says, this church run by the Holy Spirit? We won't have to advertise it, people. They'll know. They'll know. God doesn't need propped up. He just needs followed. Amen? How many of you think if lost people come in here and they saw a group of people that were filled with the Spirit, following the Spirit, that they would be drawn to the Savior? Are you guys following? And I just challenge us today to go to that next level where we as a body always follow the spirit and if I, and I, I know I've said this many many times but I believe this is from God and I love everybody here and I try very hard to get along with everybody here down at work I'm assuming most a lot of you guys probably have this but at work we have these great big red buttons on the machines how many of you brothers know what those big red buttons are for and everything stops brother when you hit that I mean, it's a big, every machine's got a great big red button. And when you hit that, there ain't nothing happening. I mean, it, it's, de- it's dead as it can be. Whose job is it to hit that stop button? Everybody's looking at him. When we start fighting, when we can't get along, when we're not following the Spirit, I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but I'm going to have to hit that stop button and say, wait, let's go back where the Spirit was at, pick it up, and then we'll go forward. I want this church to be led by the Spirit. And we can't do it in the flesh, guys. We've got to do it in the Spirit. 
We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.